Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Marissa Kelly. So what's awesome is um, I met Marissa through LinkedIn, a up and coming powerful network for professionals. And what really pulled me towards her was her being a font nerd. And being a font nerd just means that you have a very keen eye in, and you can de- detect what font you're looking at and how it should be used in the way that it's being used. And a lot of the times, I've not talked much about it, but Comic Sans is one of the fonts that became very popular and people started using this font in every single different application because the font was cute, but then the the context of where the font was being used was was misaligned. So anyways, that was really pulled me towards Marissa and I was like, hey, why not I bring Marissa on the podcast since she's also a social media strategist and us being entrepreneurs and hobbyists, we love to learn people's journeys and how they got here and how we can use some of that knowledge to better ourselves. And, you know, on, and on top of that, build a new connection. So Marissa, thank you so much for taking the time and coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the invite and, I'm happy to talk about fonts whenever you want. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so being a user experience designer and talking with other designers all the time, there's always at least once a year, we would have an email go around where somebody's done a website around, you know, typography and proper font usage. And there was always uh, a revelation or a introduction or reintroduction of the Comic Sans font and how people are using it <laughs> incorrectly. Oh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a funny thing to absolutely talk about. Yeah. Um, um, but before we jump into that funness, let's hear a little about little bit about you know where you come from and uh, what's yeah, sure. What excites you and, and you know how you pick, picked the path and journey that you're on currently. Yeah, thank you. I, I actually, it's funny you say pick the path because I don't know if I actually picked this path, but um, I'm definitely uh, enjoying where I'm at. Um, and I think that everything happens for a reason. But um, so just a little background, I'm from uh, originally from San Diego. I currently live in San Diego, mm-hmm. but for about 10 years after I graduated college, I, I moved to New York and I was, you know, 22 and like social media was not really around. It was like not something that like was normal for someone to pick up and move across the country. But for some reason that was what I did. And I was, um, really passionate about, I mean, it's funny because I would probably never have used the word passionate yeah. back then, but like, you know, going through it and you realize, okay, like I was really passionate about carving my own path. And I found a place to rent on like rentals.com and like mm-hmm. moved 
over there and like I just kind of figured it out like there was not a guide for someone to say like okay like you're gonna move across the country and you're not gonna know anyone um you know a few people from like the internet but it's not like normal thing right this wasn't like social media age where you can connect friends from like different coasts and stuff like that yeah um and it was just kind of abnormal so I, I moved there I picked my I got my one-way flight like like uh I don't know maybe four or five months before I actually took the flight mm-hmm. so it was like no no going back like I bought the flight it was time to do it yeah and you know I've had ups and downs I lived there for you know 10 years and I went through the blackout of 2003 and like it was a lot of you know a lot of learning in terms yeah. of being on my own finding even the simplest thing like where to get my nails done and who's mm. going to do my hair because you don't know anyone you know you don't grow exactly. up in the neighborhood you don't know who to trust and over time I just kind of carved my path in into the digital marketing world I was working in retail and then I did real estate for a little bit it was kind of not really sure what I was going to do and I just kept going and mm-hmm. I think that um, is a testament to how where I'm at now because mm-hmm. I've been working for myself for about four years and mm-hmm. just over four years and it's there is no like guide um like this is what you need to do when you're starting your own business yeah. and this is where you need to start and um i think living in new york and having to figure stuff out on your own is kind of how it's helped me in the path that i'm in currently and i think that and now i'm helping b2b businesses also carve their own path mm-hmm. online on social media like what is you know we talked about this, you know, a little bit before, like what is the best way to like make the most impact on social media for that business and how can you stand out? And sometimes it's not even about standing out. It's just about getting your message out there Mm -hmm. and that alone will stand out because it's their message and it's unique to them versus, Hey, I'm standing in the background and no one can really know about our business because Mm -hmm. We're not online and you know once you start spreading the message and the value of the business then that's where people start learning about you and and trusting you and yeah and doing business absolutely and one thing that i was i was talking to a we had a landscaper come over yesterday to give us a quote Mm -hmm. and he was like you know i'm i used to do you know before and after photos on my facebook but then he stopped doing it because as he was posting those photos, he was working for a company full time, but he was also doing the same thing on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was kind of conflict of interest, but it was like, yeah, but I'm working on my website. And I started thinking, hmm, just because you're working on a website and hoping that will bring you clients is a huge misconception. Yeah, You right. definitely need it. You definitely need your own website. You need to have a email list that people can sign up to mm-hmm. so you can have direct connection, but you still need to bring people to that spot, right? to exactly. your website. And and the way to do it is to go in the crowd. You go outside and mm-hmm. the literal outside <laughs> in equivalent yeah. on the internet is a social media, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, there's someone... 
that I follow that I've connected with, and she uses the analogy like your front yard is like how you present it, and mm-hmm. like how your, you know, your fonts. Like we talk about fonts, like yeah. how fonts are what it, you know, how professional do you look? Do you have a website? Even some mm-hmm. people don't have a website, and then once they like get to your front yard, make a good impression, and then invite them to your backyard where your skill set is, or where yeah. you actually get to do the work. Mm-hmm. And hang out and like really get into like, you know, the best conversations sometimes happen over like around a fire pit, like in the backyard with your friends, right? So it's exactly. kind of like the same analogy, like getting people to like get impressed by your front yard and then hanging out with you in the backyard. In the backyard. At, yeah, for every week or every month, you know, depending yeah. on what they, they're doing, you know. So it's totally I, I think people, or, or, you know, someone's like, oh, like earlier last week, some lady was asking me, do you know someone who can help me with a, a logo? And I was like, I had to ask a lot of questions because I was mm-hmm. like, I heard you talk about a business that you want to mm-hmm. do. And I wasn't trying to shoot it down, but I was like, yeah. don't even try to take a, do a logo until you know, like who you're reaching, you know, like you can't yeah. like launch a bin- business and then say, okay, like I like this logo. And I did the same thing. Like, I launched, when I first launched, like, my business was, like, it was called Marissa Cali Creative, and, like, to me, that's, like, could be anything, really, right? Like, creative, anything. could be something with your hands. It could be, like, digital, like, logos or websites or whatever. Yeah. And I created a logo, and it just didn't resonate. It was, like, because I liked purple, I used purple. Mm. And it was, like, this just doesn't work for what I was trying to do mm-hmm. and I thought okay I'm gonna do a logo and I'm gonna put up a Facebook page and people are just gonna come to my page and work yeah. I'm like no that's actually not how it works yeah. and it's funny because I was in marketing but I didn't market myself mm-hmm. I just like relied on my I relied on my expertise mm-hmm. and I was, it was kind of like an ego thing and I had to let that go when I'm building a business because you have to get out there and talk about your expertise and talk about what value you can bring to businesses because yeah. people don't know that. So. Absolutely. People are not going to know what's inside your head, even though you keep telling yourself that <laughs> you yeah, have to really exactly. yeah, get it out there. And this is my expertise. This is what I can do for you. Yeah. And that's a really... Excellent point, because a lot of the times when we are creating a website, we end up creating it for ourselves. Like, oh, I like this. This is what I like. We we forget about what people who are going to be visiting this website, what do they like? Right, exactly. So we've got to think in that respect. And um, as a UX designer and even in marketing, they, they talk about, you know, who's your avatar or who's your you know what's a user persona that's going to be using this application or or this um website and so you define that user persona based on who you want to attract and and uh, there's a class i'm taking with uh, Vanessa Lau and she says you know you got to you're not just talking about the market that you're focusing you're not even focusing on the specific area of business but you got to look at combining all of those three things together. Let's say, for example, in, in fitness for women who are moms, 
who want to lose weight. So that's a very specific niche. People who want to want, lose weight after having a baby. So that's a super specific uh, niche instead of suggesting, oh, I'm in the beauty industry. Oh, I'm just in the skincare market. You know, you bring it down, put all of those things together. Mm-hmm. So your, your persona is now a person who is looking to lose weight, but they have all of these other criteria that they meet also. So then when you, met, you craft that message for them, you basically target exactly the person that you want to sell to. Right, exactly. And it's and I think a lot of people like or they say like who's your market? And they're like, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, no. Like no. not everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it could be everyone, but you gotta start small, I think. I mean yes. I wouldn't say I I wouldn't try to diminish someone's goals, right? Like that's not No, no, no. It's more so like being very targeted and you know, now I think it's thankfully like social medias of the past four years, I've seen it become more respected in terms of a marketing channel. Yeah. And um, it's still getting there. I think there's still a lot of people think that what's my ROI? What, why should mm-hmm. I pay you to manage my strategy and put up content? And I'm yeah. like, you know, like it's a marketing, like it's probably the most like affordable still marketing channel compared yeah. to print marketing and, you know, direct mail or whatever, you know, if you're spending on ads, which is mm-hmm. a whole nother part of marketing. Yeah. But um, I think it's, you know, I, I'm glad that it's now becoming a little bit more respected, but it's tough when people say, well, you know, like I can just get my like 14 year old, like mm-hmm. niece to like post for us. Sure. They, they use social media. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Which is fine. You know, when people say those kind of things, then, you know, they're not ready. They're not in the mind space to Mm -hmm. use your services because they don't realize the value that social media brings to to their market or to their company or the services they're offering. Oh, and the same like with you. Like if someone's like, well, I could just build a site on Wix. Mm -hmm. And you're like, um... Mm, I don't know. Isn't it free? Isn't it free to build a website? Yeah. And it, you know, I, I heard something like the other day, like, yeah, it might take me, like you're paying me, it might take me 30 minutes, but you're paying for like my 12 years of experience. In exactly. So it's not, you know, like I can fi- finish it a lot faster than you. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. paying for, for 30 minutes. You're paying for so many years of expertise and experience that I've been able to do it in 30 yeah, years. Exactly. You know? There's a really cool story regarding that. Um, there's a, there's a big machine that broke down and they're like, okay, we need to get this fixed before we, so we can continue our production. So they bring in this guy and he, this guy comes, he looks at the machine, takes a few minutes and then he takes his hammer and he taps the machine and the machine starts working. <laughs> And they're like, what? You, we just had to tap on that machine? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, how much is it going to cost us? Like, that's $1,000 or whatever. It's like, what? $1,000 for a tap? I'm like, yes. It's, you know, you're not paying for the tap. You're paying for my 10, 12, 20 years of experience on figuring out where to tap on the machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to get it exactly. going. Yeah. 
So that's very powerful. And then, you know, when you mentioned about the Wix site, people are like, oh, Wix is so easy. We can just build the website and blah, blah, blah. And then it calls, comes down to, okay, you're again building the website for yourself. And um, the other day I saw a, a Wix website on my mobile phone. Sure, it was designed... It was supposedly designed for the mobile phone, but it showed me all of the pages all at the same time. Like there was something wrong. I was like, why is this doing it this way? So maybe whoever designed it didn't use their theme properly or they didn't lay out the pages the way they were supposed to. And uh, I had to like continue to zoom in and, and zoom out and zoom in, zoom out. And I was like, okay, you've, you've just absolutely done this the wrong way. Yeah. And then sometimes take, they're paying you for your expertise to yes. fix it because you know where to like find the problem. Like exactly. same with like a car mechanic or, you know, the, the story you just said, like yeah. you know where to look when there's a problem. So. Exactly. And, and what's amazing is um, learning from experts like yourself and experts um, in coaching and experts in, in marketing and podcasting. Like I'm also taking a course on, getting better at my podcast, you know, what, how do I market my podcast? And he's like, sure, you can market podcasts on social media all day long, but people that are on social media are not specifically looking to go to listen to a podcast unless they're totally intrigued by what you're talking about. Right. Place to market a podcast is other podcasts. (laughs) They're already listening, you know, on their favorite. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually had a podcast last year and Mm -hmm. it was really fun. I got to talk to people and that was mainly the reason why I wanted to do it. I was like talking to people outside of just like the surface level, like, hey, what do you do? And Mm -hmm. what are you into? You know, the the conversations, building relationships. And it was, I learned a a ton, but I also learned what my capacities were. Like I started, I did 39 episodes and Mm -hmm. It isn't officially dead. I, I haven't like disconnected, you know, everything, but yeah. it was a lot to edit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I did get better, more comfortable at, you know, having these conversations because it, some, some of them felt like interviews and I didn't want them to feel like interviews mm-hmm. I wanted them to feel like, you know, a conversation. And that was why I wanted to do it. And then it became towards the end, I was feeling very stressed in terms of providing value. Yeah. And I was worried about that. And that's when I realized, all right, I need to like take a break. And mm-hmm. then the break turned into like three months, four yeah. months. And now I'm like, okay, I need I need to relaunch it. And and I, <laughs> I want to, yeah. but I don't know if it's gonna be the same name. Like sure. I may still do one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe just change the name and stuff. But it is a lot of work to yeah, yeah. So that and like do everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's some of the things that I'm learning and bringing in automation and bringing in team Mm -hmm. of people that can help you, you know, because the fun part of the podcast is this part right here when we're having a conversation, Mm -hmm. everything else that's attached, like editing the podcast, you know, writing the copy, all of that stuff is time consuming, is brain consuming Mm -hmm. and short, everything we have, we have all that knowledge, we have all the information. It's just that taking the time to actually do that is, is very, you know, it's, it feels like that, that additional type of work 
Right. And so those things can be automated. And so what I've, what I've been able to do is I've been able to bring in somebody that's now spending my three hours into editing each of the episodes. So now I get those three hours back for each episode that I was supposed to be editing. And I'm like, okay, I feel so much more relieved. A lot of weight has lifted off my shoulder because I was like, okay, I need to edit this podcast. I can publish it tomorrow and get it out there. But now I have, you know, I have a few episodes sitting in the folder and all I have to do is write the content, write the instruction around it and schedule it on my, on a podcast profile. So then each episode goes out on its own without me having to do anything else. So I can schedule out in, you know, 30 days in advance or two weeks in advance and I'm home free. Now all, all I get to do is, you know, focus on engagement, focus on marketing, focus on uh, getting more amazing guests to talk to. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's good. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that you've realized and outsourced the stuff that you don't want to do or that yeah. you can do, but you'd rather just spend it more time. Exactly. Relationships. Yeah. So there, there's a term called in the business versus on the business. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of the time being in employee mindset, we end up being working in the business all the time. Oh, I've got a, create this webpage or I got to create this logo or, or, or I got to, you know, write the copy for this webpage. And I'm, th- I'm doing that all the time for myself too, right? I've got, right. I've got the Hex and Hobbies website. I've got some other websites that I'm managing and all I'm doing is I'm working in the business instead of bringing a new clientele and bringing new leads that I can help and, and automate the process. So, that's something that I'm struggling through as well and, and working on, you know, solving those problems for myself. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it, someone had said to me recently and, you know, I've always thought like, I've always thought, okay, this is my business and I've acted like it, mm-hmm. but I'm still struggling to get out of that. Like, I mean, for the first part, while I was working for myself, I was mm-hmm. like really um, stuck on like why I was not being able to get hired mm-hmm. for a new job. Like I had gotten let go from my last job cause they mm-hmm. were actually a job in New York. And so I was not planning to work, you know, remotely for so long. Yeah. And I was like, it was like, my ego was like, why can't I get a job? Mm-hmm. Why can't I get a job? And I didn't, I was not even thinking about working for myself. It was just not like, I think our, whole societies you know unless depending on who you're around like it's, yeah it's not like a normal thing like to say hey you're gonna go work for yourself mm-hmm. you know and I think that's changing hopefully um yeah. a little bit yeah. but um you know it was for so long like I felt like I was do I had a business and you know I still I, I have run my business like a business for quite some time but it took mm-hmm. a while to get there because I felt like I was creating a job for myself for yeah business like I I'm not I, I don't really like the word freelancer because mm-hmm. freelancer to me says you're just doing this on the side this is your side hustle you'll take you know any type of project and you're not thinking towards the future like that's what it comes to when it when someone says freelancer like 
yeah, I'm a freelancer because I don't have to answer to anyone, but like right. I'm having a business. Like I plan to like have one or two employees under me and I want to yeah. train other people that can do this on their own and not exactly. necessarily work for me for the rest of their lives, but like yeah. get to the point where they know exactly what they want to do. Like if it's, whether it's UX or if they want to do graphic design or they want to do, they actually have a different passion and they want to start a whole new business. Like, that would be an ideal person to work with me because let's get this stuff done where your strengths are, where my strengths are, but don't, I don't want you to work for me for the rest of my life. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Do carve your own path, you know? And I think realizing that like I was creating a job for myself for a long time versus mm -hmm. creating a business. Yeah. It completely put me in a different mindset. Like, it's a lot harder, I think, because you're actually a business owner and you're thinking yeah. like a business, you have to make the tough decisions like firing clients that are not um, right or don't fit within your end goals or your, your vision of who your ideal client is. And that is stressful because you're exactly. like saying no to money. And that's yeah. like, oh, oh my God, you know, but, uh, you know, you have to say no to those people or to certain partnerships or, you know, relationships that you have with clients in yeah. order to open the door for other ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even, even the, we're living in, in a time where you don't even have to hire an employee. You can have a virtual assistant that right. can work for you 10 hours a week or 10 hours a month. Whatever. It's, it's all up to us how we define that. Right. And, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, you know, the max you can pay somebody a month for a virtual assistant is probably $2,000. And then this virtual assistant is probably managing all of your other virtual assistants, you know, experts in graphics design or experts in audio production. You're hiring somebody else to do all of that work for you so you can focus on bringing in more connections and right. scale. Yeah. yeah so, um, and how do you, or can I ask you a question? How do you, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm answering it for myself when I sure. ask you. Yeah, like, yeah. How do you, um, like, I feel like, you know, you have certain standards in terms of what you look for when it mm -hmm. comes to UX and design and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, how do you let go of, like, your standards to, so, be able to, to have someone work under your name or your sure. brand? So there's a few ways, right? So you, for example, um, one idea that uh, Pat Flynn of Smart App Passive Income mm -hmm. taught us is that, you know, for example, if you're, let's say you're writing a blog post or you're, you know, editing your podcast episode and there's certain steps that you take yourself that's your standard. So what you can do is record a screen recording of what you're doing. And as you're doing it, talk about it too mm -hmm. and record that entire process. So now when you want to hire somebody, you tell them, hey, this is how I do things and this is how I would like you to do things. So you teach uh, them uh, how what your standard is. And that's what I ended up doing for uh, the person that I hired in editing my podcast. I was like, okay, here's the template that I've created for you. You can open this template in your application, same application that I'm using. That I'm using. And this is the process that I go through. I do this conversion, apply these filters, I apply these effects, and then this is where I cut. And this is how I compose the entire episode. So they're like, all right, I've got it. I can do this. No problem. 
So now if this person that I've hired, they have no time, I can, you know, then add on another person because now, you know, I'm, I'm producing two different podcasts and I'm helping other people produce podcasts. Now they don't have time, but they have the recorded episode. We need to get that published and get that out the door. Now have multiple people that are following that same process. So mm, the, yeah, so what they call it is standard operations procedure, something mm-hmm. like the SOPs. So you okay. define these SOPs, yeah, and you can go forward with it. Another person that, I'm, uh, that I can use letters from, he's basically listed out his entire process in a, in a blog post. Like this is all the things that I do. And he's like, I spend 30 minutes in the morning writing my blog post and I drop it in an email. And then this email goes to my VA. The VA then schedules a podcast plot blog post when it's going to go out. They create all the social media around it, creating graphics or whatever. So you could totally scale this all. So then, you know, and that's where that's some of the things that Tim Ferriss mentioned in his mm-hmm. book for our work week. He's like, you have other people do the work for you. That way you can focus and you can, you know, work on the th- stuff that really matters that you're because yourself and I were, we're almost like visionaries. We have visions and to help people and to get better at social media or to get better at podcasting a good or get better at video editing. And so we're always thinking, we always have our minds racing towards those kind of things. And then when you have to switch that off and do the tasks that bring the social media out or, you know, planning out the social media calendar or planning out all these things, right? So that takes us away from being in the creation mode, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, it's funny because like uh, I just talked about this like yesterday on my LinkedIn uh, about being stuck in your business. And like, if you don't have systems or processes in place, like yes, you can get really stuck and like, it could really throw you off like totally. And you know, you don't think about this stuff. I think when you first start your own business, because you're just like chasing the next project, right. Mm-hmm. Instead of like really figuring out, okay, I need a structure for myself. Cause I know that if I, once I get that second person to help me out, like I've had someone help me with like appointment scheduling and stuff like that. But like the person that's actually going to help me with the stuff that I do, the stuff that makes money, makes yeah. money is I'm going to have to do more processes. Like I have calendars, I have structures, I have project management tools, but it, you know, right now it's like figuring out like, where can I fit someone in that's going to be the most effective for them as well as me, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But I didn't know that in the, in the beginning, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all right. So you, you take the path and you start seeing things that you've never seen before and you start learning about them through trial and error and, and the things that are amazing as you learn through and then and you start noticing other people's processes and like oh that's how he's doing it oh that's how an email funnel works or that's how these different things work and you start seeing those things and seeing those gears inside the machine Mm-hmm. on how they operate and, and it, that just opens your mind up even more yeah definitely I think I try to help like I have a friend that's 
launching her like she just quit her job like two two months ago and she's in that like I gotta get my website up to because I can't my savings is not gonna you know pay for my bills right now like I I don't want to use all my savings and I'm like you know it's hard for me because I'm like I want her to carve her own path but it's also like hey you gotta do this first and you gotta have your strategy and like you know, you've got to start building relationships because like you can put your website up, but people are not going to find you until you start, you know, presenting yourself as like the expert or the one with expertise in, in the specific, you know, role. And yeah. yeah. And I, and I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm in addition to what I do for businesses and coming up with strategy for social media and, and you know, it could be social media, it could be like even webinars we've done, like different like email marketing campaigns. It really just is B2B social media and digital marketing all together. Yeah. But like when it comes to like my friends, like I'm helping them with their business. Like I'm a business strategist yeah. a little bit, you know, and it's like it's nice to be able to offer some help and so that they don't have the same mistakes that I do, you know, like worrying about a logo, like my logo was just so, it was such a priority for me because that's what I thought I needed. And it's like, now I have an email and a a domain that like doesn't get used. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. I've obviously transitioned over, but like for a while there, it was like, this is not aligned with what I want to do. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta get that, build that mindset up. And one way that I've learned a lot is through either reading books or having conversations with people who've already gone through the path that I've gone through, that I would like to go through. Somebody that already done what I want to do, and I'm going to mirror, I'm going to mirror that, what they're doing. And one of the first person that I started listening to was Tony Robbins back in the days. And those tapes and those CDs totally opened up my mind and and you know a lot of a lot of my mindset i attribute to what i learned from him and now I, I get to learn from a lot more people that are doing the same thing doing um what they love and making it uh their like that's their bread and butter essentially right exactly yeah awesome well we've had some really awesome chat about your journey your story and how you got here as well as the different things people can do to better be found online right and and how like what different things that they do go through to define their personal brand or their company's brand whatever it is they've got to do it in steps and and you've mentioned that you've got a some really cool uh, materials people can access on your website. Yes. Um, but, but before we get more into that, let's ask some questions that yeah. are pertinent to this podcast. As we are, we talked about hacks and hobbies, and mm-hmm. uh, these are business hacks that we've just talked about. You've got a ton of business hacks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's take a look at some hobbies. So what is one hobby that you wish you got into but never had a chance? So I think I remember talking to you about, but like I really wish that I played like piano or like played an instrument Mm -hmm. 
because I'm like, I'm such a fan of music, like any type of music, like, and people always say like, I like all types of music except country. Well, I'm, I like all types of music, yeah, even classical. Like I'm like, I will listen to like a score of a, of a movie. And I think that, you know, just, I hear when people that are into music and that play music and they talk about like the different keys and like, um, you know, when they're speaking that language, like yeah. I'm so fascinated by it because yeah. music can really like change your entire mood. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you wake up in the morning and you listen to like this morning, I was listening to nineties rock and I was like, take, I took me, it took me back to high school days, getting ready for high school and like, you know, listening to like Soundgarden and Nirvana and stuff like that. And yeah, it was, you know, and those memories like are some of the best memories I have and mm. all music, all like there's a song that like reminds me of a certain person and I'm like flooded with like a vacation or like um, a time where like a friend was visiting and this song was like coming on all the time or, yeah. you know, I'm on vacation, I'm on, you know, I'm camping and like we're listening to country. Mm-hmm. Like it's that, song that comes on that whole that whole trip right and so I personally wish that I could play music because I feel like it seems like super relaxing when someone like picks up like a guitar at like a a campfire and like just wants to play some music like that to me is like amazing so yeah I wish that I could pick that up um I'm pretty sure I still have time in my lifetime to do that absolutely absolutely where will I find the time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, by having a SOP in place, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just was thinking that I'm like, you know, I need to like hire someone and put the process <laughs> in place so that I can start playing the guitar. Or yeah. So um, one book that I recently got um, through Michael Hyatt was, it's called Free to Focus. And that's exactly what he talks about, bringing people into your team. So then you can do more of the things that you love to do and, you know, building on them is just awesome. Playing an instrument is definitely an awesome uh, hobby. My brother, uh, he plays the guitar. I've played the bass a long time ago when we had a band. And um, I tried playing the guitar, but I would, I would always hurt my fingers, I guess. Uh-huh. But you have, to, you have to build those um, fingers, muscles up. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What's what is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? Oh, okay. So my favorite movie, uh, and I have like a top five, but I'm gonna say Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Uh, okay. I love Goodfellas, but I had this question actually to my Twitter. I asked this on my Twitter like last week. I said, mm-hmm. if you could only watch one movie for yeah. the rest of your life. And only one movie. Like anytime you wanted to watch a movie, you can only watch that one movie. Yeah. What movie would it be? And like I always think of Goodfellas. Like nice. there's movies like uh, The Departed, Memento. Mm-hmm. You know, I even like silly movies like Clueless. Like I really love that movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, Goodfellas was my go-to, and there were so many good options. I was like, oh man, that would be tough to like pick one movie. Yeah. You know, for the rest of your life. But 
for me, it's one, it reminds me of New York and, you know, living there, but like it's, there's good memories surrounding it because it would always be the movie that you put on, like when your friends are hanging out and like you're with like people that you care about and you just put on the movie because you already know what happens. Like you've seen it a million times, but like association between the movie as well as like the occasion, what, you know, the movie itself, the plot line and all that is, is good yeah. to me, but also like when it's playing, like who's hanging out with you. And like, that's what I associate why I love Goodfellas. Like nice. When I put it on, it's like, I know I'm always having a good time. Very you know? cool. So. And they're playing Goodfellas on TV every single day. Yeah. Even <laughs> twice a day. Right. Yeah. It's really amazing. It's um, one of the movies from the nineties crime and drama two and a half hour long movie i mean wow that's a really long movie for that time period it's amazing. right exactly cool you've actually inspired me to ask add another question okay. for future and you've already answered it and the question would be so if you've seen or read the read the book um ready player one and the movie ready player one in it uh they had to first of all, learn all about the 80s. And they had to, uh, one of the challenges to find a key, they had to play a character. So in the book, they, they had to play Matthew Broderick's character in War Games. And basically, whoever's playing that character, they had to know all of the lines of the character. And to be able to, you know, go step by step throughout the movie otherwise it fails and then you know you have to start over or you basically mm-hmm. uh, are rejected so if there was one movie that you get to play in as a mm-hmm. character what would it be right oh it's gonna be clueless okay <laughs> I'm not because i'm clueless but i think sure. like the one-liners and just like because it's like based in california and la and i just it's for me it's a cult classic it came out while i was in high school and yeah it's just for me i was like oh my god this is hilarious and it's <laughs> just, i you know i mean i would choose the clueless but you know there's a close second in borat because mm-hmm. i think borat is like hilarious like that's my style of humor i guess yeah um, so you know there's it's just i i, I like corny jokes like i yeah. like I like sarcasm, you know, so like it's, it totally is my style. Cause I don't nice. think, I, could, I don't think I could hack it in Goodfellas. I don't know. <laughs> you know? It's good, you know? Good, good observation. So what's, yeah. what's cool uh, in uh, Ready Player One is, so in the book, they chose War Games because, you know, it's, it's a very popular movie. Yeah. And, um, but in the movie, they were like, okay, War Games is too silly. We're going to choose The Haunting. I think they choose the hunting or something where they had the two twins coming in and they had to basically be inside the movie. It was, it was nicely done. It was really nicely done. That's cool. Yeah. I remember that movie with, um, Helen Hunt, board mm-hmm. games. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. All right. Next question. Who is your favorite superhero? Oh, wow. This is a tricky question. You know why? Because <laughs> I don't really like know too many of them, honestly. Sure. sure. Oh, superhero. Is Jem is Jem a superhero? Do you remember Jem from like the eighties? 
I don't know. Well, if if you know about the superhero, then that is. I your, don't know. Yeah. I don't know what qualifies as superhero because I'm not really into. Actually, I don't really watch a lot of movies in the theater because sure. uh-huh. I end up falling asleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's the darkness or like just the calm. It's like very, it's very comfortable. Yeah, like I watch movies at home, I fall asleep. I watch movies in the theater, I fall asleep. Like mm-hmm. even during. Um, I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that was. And that's like that's like a concert movie, right? Like it was like yeah. music all the time. I fell asleep, and I'm like, I just can't watch movies. But I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge like superhero person. Sure. So. so we'll we'll put down Jim, and looks like, uh, Jim, is also known as Jewel, superhero that Marvel created, oh. and apparently. It's a Chinese superhero. I don't know. There's a bunch of information I'm looking up on on the interwebs. All right. Awesome. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Hmm. So I'm going to choose the board game Life just because I played it recently. And I had not played it since I was like a teen. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting because life, I think the game of life is, you know, the actual board game doesn't really fit within what I've created in my path of my life. Yeah. Um, they almost need a revamp version for like people that have not done the get married, have kids buy a house route, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like that was what it was. Um, but I, it was interesting because like, I'm, I'm a little bit older and my husband and I were married, but we don't, you know, we're, we don't have kids. Mm-hmm. So it's like something that like you go through this game and then I actually ended up not being married, but I had eight kids in the game. Wow. So I was <laughs> like, this is weird. Why am I having eight kids? And like, you know, it was just interesting because yeah, you know, these, you know, I don't know how old people are playing this game, but you know, mm-hmm. they're young. Yeah. And then they get this, like, that might be the beginning of them thinking, like, their life is supposed to be like this game, right? Yeah. And so I'd like to be, I'd like to be the game of life, but also have a different character, a different nice. path. So. That's awesome. What's funny about board games is recently on Snapchat, they have Bitmoji stories. And one of the latest stories was, you know, it's my wife and I, and she's, she's like, Hey, you got to come over here right now. I'm like, all right, here, I'm, I'm here. She's like, finally, she's like, and she's like, I just got this awesome new board game. We got to try it out. I was like, all right. And then she's like, all right, let's go. So she's like, all right, here are the pieces to start with. You can get five of these and 10 of these. She goes on and on for hours and hours. And then after like four hours, my character's like, dude, when do we actually start playing this game? And she's like, what do you mean? We've been playing this whole time. And the game is called Instructions, the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Bitmoji just knows how to pull those strings. <laughs> and it reminded me of that story that I watched yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. That's, that's really awesome. So we were talking about where can people go to your website and get some 
really awesome tips on how to be good at social media or great even. Right? Yeah. Got some links. And uh, so where can my audience find you? And, and yeah. it's cool. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely like all about B2B social media, but one of the best platforms that I think is great, at least at least for a personal brand, you know, someone who's starting out or, you know, um, a business, you know, my target audiences or my target clients are, you know, the platform they're using is LinkedIn. So I do have a five tips um, that you can help you crank up your impact on um, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And that will help you develop your your personal brand and really bring you up into the forefront and uh, spread your value and showcase your expertise on LinkedIn. And that you can get that at allthesocial.com slash hacks and hobbies. I made a special page for everyone listening. So Awesome. Thank you so much, Marissa. You're welcome. So that link is allthesocial.com slash social.com yeah allthesocial.com slash hacks and hobbies spelled out so you can awesome i'll be sure to include the link to the uh website and um thank you so much for creating that special page for us you're welcome my audience this is awesome cool well uh thank you so much people can uh connect with you through this special link on allsocial.com. Marissa is also on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a very powerful uh, platform that's growing up. They recently enabled uh, live videos and Bobby Umar has been doing a great job of being live every single day at 8.30 in the morning. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a lot. That's commitment. It's a lot of commitment and... um, He's got a really awesome story, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to bring him on the on the podcast as well. Yeah. But um, LinkedIn is growing very fast. I've um, I've been growing my connections on LinkedIn as well, and uh, connecting with a lot of amazing folks like yourself. And um, really thankful and grateful for you to taking the time in coming onto the podcast, even thank though you're you. coming off of a cold. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Actually. Yeah, I'm I'm coming down from it. it. It was a lot worse, but you know the price you pay. Sometimes when you're own you're your own boss, you can't yeah. take as much rest as you need. But uh, I'm trying. You know, I'm definitely trying. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the website hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.